Father, we just thank you, Jesus, for today, God. Father, we thank you that you are working in, in and through us, Lord, for your good pleasure. Father, we thank you for the truth. Father, we thank you for the Spirit, your Spirit, Lord. When your Spirit is poor, there's... Father, we thank you there's freedom in the cross. There's freedom in your blood. There's freedom in your truth, Father God. I thank you, Father God, that we who have joy of the Lord is our strength, Father God. And no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Father, we thank you that you know the end from the beginning and you know the beginning from the end and you are not in time, God. And we thank you, Father God, that you're shaking everything that can be shaken, that nothing, nothing remains that can be shaken, Father God. All the worldly thoughts, emotions, wills, and ways, God, to be removed from us as far as the east is from the west, Father. We thank you, Lord, that we we count on your anointing, God. Not on our flesh, not on our own strength, not on our own will, but on you, God. We lean ourselves upon you, the Lord, and we draw our strength from Father, let us draw everything out of you, God, the well of living water, Father God, and no longer let the enemy steal, kill, and destroy our harvest, our flock, the fruits of our righteousness, the fruits that come from the vine, God. We thank you, Father, that you are the vine and we are the branch. If we abide in you and you abide in us, we will bear fruit, fruit that remains, Father God. We thank you for everything that you did, everything that you did, everything that you're going to do, Father God, and we trust you. We lean ourselves upon you, not upon our own strength, not upon our flesh, not upon our ways and our will and our emotion, but upon you, in Jesus' name. Today's message is called, Count It All Dumb. Philippians 3, Finally, my brother, rejoice in the Lord. I write the same things to you that to me indeed is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of concision. For we are the circumcision which worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Everybody say, have no confidence in the flesh. Have no confidence in the flesh. Our confidence is in Jesus. Our strength is in the Lord. Amen. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh. So Paul's talking about, man, that's how I used to live. On my my strength, on what I know, on who I was, on my titles, on my pharisaical ways, on the law. He said, I was a Pharisee among Pharisees. I was like one of the head ones. People came to me and I gave orders and they listened to me and I knew everything. But God just ripped that out of me in one day and he knocked me off of my high horse. That I might have no confidence in the flesh. If any other man thinketh that he, where he might trust in the flesh, I more. He's like, man, God's got to take that from me because I always, and I did it, man. I woke up on Monday and I, I was like a clockwork. I ticked and talked the same way. I was went this way, and if the thing said to walk that way, I did it. I did it, I did it, I did it, and I did it twice over, Paul was saying. And I had, my righteousness was in my flesh. I was self-righteous in my flesh. I, no one could tell me because I did it. And boy, he's, he's in the zeal that he had. He was one of those. He wasn't a. He wasn't a Sunday Christian. He wasn't a Sabbath day Jew. He was a twenty-four-seven, seven days a week Jew. Paul wasn't just a part-time believer, a, 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 a fall on the law. He said he went at it with all that knew was in. Now Jesus us to go after him with all that we know that's in us. He said, "On the eighth day, I was circumcised, the stock of Israel, and the tribe of Benjamin." A Hebrew among Hebrews, touching the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness, and is in the law, blameless. 
But what things were gained to me, those I count loss in Christ. He said, those things that were gained unto me, I count loss in Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellence. See, I'm, he said, I trade the law. I trade in my perfection. I trade in the works of, of my flesh for the cross of Jesus, for the knowledge of, the, of, of, of Jesus Christ. For the excellency of the cross, for the blood of Jesus, for whom I have suffered loss of all things, and you count them but dumb. He said, I had everything. I had a wife. I had a family. I had, uh, I had, um, overse- I mean, I had, um, you know, eliteness in, in my community. I had money. I had, uh, um, and that Jewish fame in them, because people, he was so no- notable that, when they stoned Stephen, they made it a point to go get his blessing and lay down Stephen's garments right at Paul's feet. So obviously he was somebody. And he said, now I choose to be nobody for Christ. Nobody for Christ. He said, I count it all done that I may win Christ. He said, if I hold on to that, I'll lose Christ. If I hold on to my the works of the flesh... I, I, there's no way to hold on to Christ. I can't hold on to Christ and be holding on to my past. I can't hold on to Christ and be holding on to yesterday. He said, I count it all done. How many people care about their crap? Once you flush that toilet, you go, oh, man, I wonder, is that going to stink up on the neighbors? Uh, maybe. Is it going to? Where is it going to end up? When you flush that toilet, it's like gone. Count it all done if when you go to the cross. See, there's no condemnation that those are in Christ Jesus that do not walk after the flesh, after the law, after those things. Strife, division, form. It doesn't say you might not step into those. You might not step into some crap in a minute. So what do you do? You go to the cross, you get back in Christ. Then there's no condemnation. Condemnation is actually a blessing for God to know that we stepped in some crap. And we just go to Christ right away. That's our. That's the joy of the Lord. That's our thing. Paul didn't. Paul could not allow his all the things he murdered to hold him back. All the all the Christians he murdered. He had to let that go. So you got to let go of yesterday. You got to let go of, of of last week. There's no way to walk in your identity in Christ. To walk in the freedom of Christ and walk in the truth. And holding on to things yesterday or an hour ago. That is the power of the cross. Or you become an enemy of the cross. You become, your God becomes your belly. Because it's your, going by your own spirit, not by the spirit of God. The spirit of God is saying, there's freedom. Because we we will all, all make mistakes. We will all choose even to walk in the flesh sometimes. But then condemnation comes and we're like, oh no God. Because that is the that is the grace of God. When condemnation comes, there's the cross. When when we're feeling weak, then we have Jesus. Our our strength is not in what we do; it's in what He did. But if we don't allow what He did to work in our life, then we become an enemy of the cross. So there's no way to walk in. There's no way to walk after life. And there's Christians that do that. So they end up, that's where false doctrine and false grace and all these different things start to come in. Because they begin to get a reprimand and believe that grace is, and they begin to learn to live condemnation free. But really they should be having condemnation. But they've learned to live, push that away by the works of their flesh or by works of 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 their own mind, or by uh, believing a lie and becoming a delusion. He says that everyone that will believe a lie, a strong delusion will come on. So condemnation is the is our very mark that we have stepped in some crap. 
And Paul realized that was a lot of crap. I had a lot of stuff. I was, I had a lot of titles. I had, I let it all go. I counted all as crap, dumb. And he said, also, let's go on to read. I counted, but he said on the eighth day his Pharisee, the righteous Christ, and count all things but loss for the ex and the knowledge of Christ, my Lord. Count all but loss, then but dung, but they that I might win Christ. And be found in him, be found in him, having not mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. The righteousness is of God by faith. I don't have faith in my flesh. I have faith in the flesh. I have faith in the one that became sin for me, that I no longer have to be under the judgment of sin. So... That I may, the reason why, that I may know Him in the power of His resurrection. See, we have the power to become the sons of God. And when God gave me this message, a few days, not a message, He just gave me the word dumb. So right away I had to look it up. And it just so happened, this was the whole whole passage of it. Count it all dumb. Because Satan will want to smear the crap on you constantly. Every single day of your life, you can stink and you can be a well-smelled pleasing to God and you can think, stink. Because Satan will make you think things that the cross has made you free from. The things that the cross has cleaned from. Jesus did not go on the cross and be beaten so we can beat ourselves every day when we make it. And when we do that, when we beat ourselves up, we deny the power of God and we become a reprobate. And we become useless to ourselves and around us. We are now, even though we're righteous, we should be bold. We cannot be bold anymore because we're living in yesterday or a minute ago. So we cannot be bold because only the ones that know they're righteous in Christ Jesus and the righteous are bold as a lion, we become a little pussycat. Because how can I, how can I be bold when I'm not perfect? God's not telling you to be perfect. He's saying head for the perfection, of course. but we can't make ourselves perfect. What I do it in one night. We all want it. I can get into a lot of other scriptures about what Paul brought about that. That we may know Him and the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of His suffering, being, being made conformable unto His death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either we're already perfect. But I follow after. I follow after that which I apprehend, that which I found. I follow after Christ. Oh. I blew it. Man, I went five days, five whole days, and say, wow, I'm good. Man, and then on that, then you messed up. You got angry. <coughs> and you're working on that anger. Five days went by, you blew it. Are you going to rub the crap on you then? Are you going to go bully to the throne of grace and just give the devil a black eye? Yeah. You're not going yeah. to hold me back anymore. So you go right then, and you go... Or you can just beat yourself up for the next five days till because you blew it because you you were so perfect you were so perfect I mean, you didn't you didn't you didn't hit that oh you just took a peek at that thing you know you weren't because your flesh rose up oh are you gonna beat yourself or are you gonna go what know what because God's not judging us anymore by our mistakes He's judging us by our heart and by our faith. You will be judged by your faith. Because only in faith you believe. If he's judging you by perfection, we're all got an F. Because nobody's perfect. So, and the older we get, our grades should be coming better. But no one's going to get an A plus until we're in heaven. I don't care who you are. Because you, if you don't do anything, you will think something wrong. You will get mad at someone and have to cast it down right away. You might be walking good. Still thought wrong. And the minute you think wrong, you allowed something in. And you're going to have to down. It's called spiritual. We need some mindsets broken. 
And we need to put our reliance back on Jesus, because that's what, because if not, then crucify Him over and over and over and over again. That we may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being made conformable unto death. You know why Paul's preaching this? Because he was beating himself up about what he did out of his zeal with the lack of revelation. With all of his knowledge... See, he didn't have zeal without knowledge. He had zeal with the knowledge of the law, but he didn't even have the revelation of the church. So God, in his sovereignty, reached out and put grace in Paul. So when we meet grace on our life, just like Paul left, how can we ever, ever try to hold someone else to the law again? Paul knew, man. So that's why much forgiven, much forgives. Something, Dad, forgiven a lot, you forgive a lot. Forgiven a lot, you love, you love a lot. Paul was a really bad dude. He thought he was right. He was wrong. But his heart was right because he thought he was doing right. Jesus comes and busts out the whole system and put and chose Paul. Why? Because Paul was a guy that was... Ten- what he turned around, God turned around for his good. What he was doing for the law, he would do it for grace, freedom. And he gave up so much more than probably anybody in this was given up. Most of us came to Christ when we had nothing but a drug problem. Paul didn't have all that. He had everything. But then he saw Jesus. Though he might already obtain, either were already perfect. But I follow after that which I may apprehend. That for which I also am apprehended of Christ. That I'll apprehend because he, he got a hold of me. And I'm going to never stop getting a hold of him. No matter what the devil tries to remind me of. Who I was. What I did. doesn't matter. God never changes. We might change. But he doesn't. Verse 13, Brother, I count it not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Everybody say, one thing I do. Forgetting those things that are behind, and reach forth to the things which are before. All right. I press toward the mark of the prize, of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The high calling is not being perfect. His high calling, he said, was Jesus. Finishing the course, walking in the Spirit. You, you don't want to finish the course walking in the flesh. Walking in the Spirit. Be, so, uh, which are behind, reaching forth for those things which are before. I press. And when you press, you don't just lean back. You're pressing. You're like going. You're pressing for. You're pressing for. And there's no condemnation. Those that walk what? Ah, ah. They're walking toward the flesh. Didn't say. So you, what do you do? You go boldly to the throne of grace and walk in the flesh. And you by faith, you're already holy. You just you basically is you ensure yourself a crossing, and you put your faith back on Jesus. That's basically what you're going to grace. You put your focus off of yourself, which is pride, anyway, and put it back on Jesus. And then you become a lot less prideful. When you put your eyes on Jesus, you become a lot littler all of a sudden, just automatically. And then when you're walking in the Spirit, you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh anyway. You don't try to be holy. You are already actually holy. If you're in Christ, because he doesn't look at our holiness. But if we keep fighting the cross and fighting Jesus, the enemy's going to have a heyday. And you're going to be stuck in your bondage. Continuous. Not because you haven't been set free, because you have faith in your flesh and not in nothing can happen unless you have power over you. Satan has no power over you. You don't even have power over yourself. You can give up, give your power over to him. Nevertheless, we have already attained. Let us walk in the same rule. Let us mind the same things. Brethren, you followers together of me. Mark them which walk so as you have for an example. 
For as many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross, Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame. Who mind earthly things? you got to know that you're resurrected, your old man is dead, and you're crucified with Christ already, and are risen with Christ. That's who you are. If you mind earth things, if you try to, the, the law is earthly. Jesus fulfilled it, and he rose from the dead. So if you're seated with him, you're above the law. Unless you sin and don't sit back on his lap, or go boldly to the grace. And you're putting yourself back under the law, and then you're putting your faith in flesh. For our conversation is in heaven, from which we also look for the Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that we may be fashioned in the likeness of the glorious body, according to the working whereby we are able even to subdue all things unto himself. All things unto himself. So we got to begin to forgive ourselves first and forgive others immediately. No matter what's done to us or what we do to others, if we bring it into the future, which is in it away, once you're in condemnation, you're actually denying Jesus who bought you a price, who set you free. He didn't set you free. He set you free because you needed a Savior. He set you free because you can't walk in freedom on your own. He set you free so you can. He can be your shelter. Not, you're not going to cover yourself. So we can't keep our eyes on the flesh. 2 Corinthians 5. For we know that for earthly house is a tabernacle which dissolved. We have the building of God. The house not made by the hands of man is eternal in heaven. For in that we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so, be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. Getting into flesh, walking after are two different things. Again, he said, count it all dumb. Bad things, whatever's so how do you know you're walking up and you got your mind on things above and all of a sudden you accidentally you, oh and then it's worse when you're out real quick and you know on the lawn just to grab the trash in the lawn and some one of the uh, stray dog or someone that doesn't like to pick their dog's crap step in it it gets your toes inside of your inside of your toenails do you say in the world you might beat yourself I believe that crap there's the enemy put there so you take whatever's extra you just start rubbing it all over your body all in your hair you know what I messed up now one day this is going to just wear off the sneaky smell all the crap or do you go to the blood to the bath of Jesus and the blood of Jesus right away yeah and yeah, you're going to feel confident. Yeah, you're going to feel bad. Because you know what? I should have been watched what I was. I should have been more careful. I should have known Satan was tempting me. I should have known. You know, I, ah, and he got me again. Ah, when am I going to get to say, you know what? Though I die daily, 10 million times death, and are you going to go to Jesus and get back in the spirit? Anyone in Christ is a new creation. You get in the, in the flesh, but it doesn't mean you're back in your old creation. You're just stepped crap. Count it all dumb. You fall into diverse temptations. But knowing the trying of your faith worketh patience. Patience works in you. The death of the cross. God is the one to be. Just have to admit. Nobody wants that. Things don't you have in heart. You do them because we war in our body. Flesh and the spirit are at war with one another. And sometimes you just don't feel that your flesh gets ahead and you just... Let it win. Doesn't mean, and then Satan gets an ear on you. Just got to go to the cross. For we groan earnestly, designed to be clothed upon the house of heaven, so that being clothed we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not for that which we should be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. 
Now he that had wrought us for the same self same thing in God, who also hath given us unto us the earnest of his spirit. Therefore we are always confident, knowing that will this we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. So when you're in the flesh, you separate yourself from the spirit of God. So what do you do? You get back spirit. He says that there's no condemnation to walk after flesh. That means I'm walking after. I am not walking after Christ, who is spirit, and walking in the spirit. I'm walking in the in the flesh, but I'm not only walk. I didn't step in the flesh for a minute. I'm walking after it. It's like it's, I'm under grace. What I want, I look at what I want, do whatever I want, and that's what I posted this week. It's not what. Um, and, um, deception doesn't come because we mess up. It's it's taking the things that are against the Word of God and instilling them in, in our life, covering them under grace, and beginning to believe that they're not wrong anymore. Then all of a sudden we believe a lie, and then what is said? We begin to deceive. And then God will even send a strong delusion that will believe lies and lies and more lies. This deception, the bread of Satan. So, the power of the cross is the bread of life. One is defiled and one is clean. One gives life and one makes you sick. So it's very that we don't have confidence in ourselves, but in Him, then we can walk in spirit. Because, my God, then we're going to go by feelings, because you're already feeling bad, so you're going to keep feeling bad because you're having confidence to feel good, because then you think, well, when I feel better, that means that finally God must... God's not really putting the condemnation on you, it's the devil. But He's allowing the devil to put condemnation on you to push you back to Him to cross. So, it's one thing, when you, conviction comes when you do things wrong that you don't know that you're doing wrong, and all of a sudden He convicts you, and he shows you, and right away you pay, but you feel good about it. When God convicts you, you're not beating yourself up. You only beat yourself up when you're walking in condemnation, you feel bad. But when God convicts you, you really don't feel bad. You're like, oh God, I didn't wear it. And you already know because you're walking in the Spirit. You don't even have to go through the whole thing. You just say, oh God, let me work on that. God's conviction happens even when we're walking in Spirit. Because sometimes His conviction is only time condemnation comes is when we rightly know it's totally wrong. And we know it and we do it. Then we have the cross. In time of need, we go boldly to the throne of grace. Whether we choose to walk in the flesh or not, it doesn't matter. The cross is still available. But if we continue not to take up cross and deny ourselves and continue to walk out of the flesh, oh, I'll go to the cross tomorrow. That's what he's talking about. You're going to be miserable. Then you're going to start getting nasty, snap, bitter, bad fruit. You don't want to be around nobody. You want to isolate. You just want to feel and flesh out. And all of a sudden, you're making the cross of no effect in your life. The cross, and then all of a sudden, God then is really not pleased. He's not really angry with the sin because he knows we're going to mess up. He's angry because you're denying the cross. And you have a form of godliness, going to church, but denying the cross. Hanging out in prayer group, but denying the cross. Trying to worship your way out of a, of a paper bag because you can't... Uh, plastic bag because you can't breathe because you're denying the cross. You think you're going to work your way from worship and you might get a little reprieve because God touches your heart a little bit, but in an hour you're the same way. Or trying to work yourself up in all your confessions and all this stuff. One confession. God, I blew it. It's your faith that active. It's not your work. It's, well, the one work you got to do, turn. Repent. If you want to call it a work, because he did all the work on the cross. Turn. Yeah. Mess up. All morning long. Cross. Crap, cross, crap, cross, crap. I did it when I first got, but I did a communion table, drug table. Crap, cross, crap, and it worked. Demons go, de demons go. De I'm like, oh my God, I'm tired. And finally, 
rise up. No! But yeah. freedom's still there. Because it's funny how much we realize and put our faith in the cross when we first saved and everything. And as time goes by, because we expect ourselves, I mean, I'm not talking about people who are deliberately don't want to give up the crap. I'm talking about people that step in it. Not people that have like different little pouches of crap hanging on them and they just open them up one more. I'm talking about stepping in something. So it says here, for therefore, we wrought the same thing is God, who also has given us his earnest by his spirit. Therefore, we always are confident knowing this. Will there are the same that's in the body is absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We don't walk by what well, by sight of what we're doing. Oh, I'm, God's happy with me today because I didn't know. No, he loves me because he, he, so we walk by faith cross, not in our works. So if we want to look in the mirror, oh my God, you're, you're a mirror, your heart is a mirror to you, it's conscious. Are you walking by decisions? You make them, condemnations at the door. You feel condemned, or you feel heavy, or you feel wrong. Check your heart, go to the cross, and get out of it, and walk in spirit. Because if not, you're robbing yourself, and you're robbing, you're, 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 you're basically crucifying Christ, and you're saying, well, he's going to do it. He did it. He did it. You can't crucify him anymore. The blood is always there, always working, as long as you apply it with your in your heart. It's called relationship. And as you do that, God's work in you to to um, deliverance is coming daily to everyone, whether you know it or not. If you're walking in the Spirit, He is changing us. The things that we used to do, we do them less. Do them in this world. But we don't want to do them. That's why we beat ourselves up. So if you're already beating yourself up, you know that you're in Christ. You're not saying, oh, it's okay. Jesus loves me anyway. No, you're like, oh, God, and that's that's the gift of grace. That feeling, feeling, feeling that makes you run to Him. We don't no longer are religious and cover ourselves by our own works. Go your works. A fig leaf, cut it down and make you a little thing. That's a lot of work. you got to go find a tree, a fig tree, then you got to get the leaves, then you got to sow it, then you got to put it on you, and then, when the, and then when the Holy Spirit wind blows, it blows up anyway, and you get revealed by your nakedness anyway, whenever it comes like the wind, and then it doesn't work anyway. People that are spiritual, they blow when they see it anyway. Only God, Jesus Knowing there for the terror of the... He said, And for we must all appear before the judgment seat of God. He says, Wherefore we labor... Whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. That we are not confident to say that I am willing rather to be absent from the bodies, to be present from the Lord. To be walking in the Spirit is to actually absent. He's talking about walking in the So we can really be with God. Everyone used to think that. And so God shows us. Yeah, when we die, we're going to be with him. But we're with him right now anyway. If we're seated with him, we have the places. And if we've been crucified with Christ, so when we don't walk in flesh, we're one. So here it goes. We walk in the Spirit. For we appear that judgment in the body according to that which is done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing, he said, whether according to has what you've done, whether it's good or bad. God's going to take care of all that later. Just walk in the Spirit. And if you, if you don't worry about it, if you don't want to do it, because people that want to do it, then he's going to judge you. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. See, he's saying you need to persuade men because we know the terror of the Lord. Be made manifest unto, unto God, and I trust also that be made manifest in your own conscience. For we commend not ourselves again unto you, but we give occasion to the glory on our behalf, that we may have somewhat to answer then that glory in appearance. See? Glory in appearance. And not in heart. It's always about Remember he said to the Pharisees, you look good on the outside, but Jesus wants to say, I don't care, and you look crap on your day, boom, I don't see that, because your heart is, you're putting your confidence, you're recognizing, he doesn't want you to beat yourself up, that's why he died on the cross, you're recognizing, and once you recognize it, you don't wait it out, if you do, you're denying the power of the cross. Size ourselves as in God, and whether we be sober, it is for this cause. For the love of Christ constrains us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, 
then we're all dead. That, he's talking about those in Christ. And that he died for all, and in this point, I mean, he died for all, but we have to receive. There's a universal doctrine of Jesus died for everyone. We'll find out that, hey, we'll find out in the end. For they that which live, not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after flesh, yet know him henceforth know we him no more. Because we know him by spirit. So we need to know one another by spirit, not by the flesh. So we don't take record of wrong. We love, right? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Whether he steps crap or not. New creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. All and all things are of God. And he has reconciled unto himself by Jesus Christ. Has given us... This ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that we, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. So my God, how can we our people's trespasses back to them? Then God said us back. When you impute your trespasses, then God's imputing all your sin back on you. That's why I said that we put ourselves back in bondage. People do it all the time. He has committed us unto the word of reconciliation. That we are ambassadors of Christ. Whether we stepped in crap, Last night or this morning, we're still ambassadors. If not, if not, we're schizophrenic. We either have faith in Jesus or faith in ourselves. If we have faith in ourselves, then you're in the wrong religion. He is in a religion. For Christ, though God beseech you, we pray in the earnest God's stead, be reconciled to God. For God had made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. Now, people... Try all the time to say, when we talk about ministries and things, we're not talking about their personal. I've never, in, in, even the ministers that fall in uh, uh, adulteries and all this stuff, you pray for them. But we're t- when, when people are, are, are talking about them, it says, oh, judge not. We're not judging that because we all fall short of perfection in our flesh. We're trying to expose demonic um, agreement that's bringing people away from, drawing, pointing to the world. Not really denying the cross fully, but it's a whole different story. It's not, we're not judging people. We're saying this doctrine is not going to set you free. This doctrine is not, and pray for them. There's a big difference. That's why people don't ever say anything about the doctrine. It'll be now, who does he think? He thinks he's perfect. No. God didn't say we are perfect. God doesn't. He just explained that there's no one perfect one. So if he had a way for everyone to be perfect, then no one could prophesy. Nobody could, and nobody could rebuke anybody. Because we just got through seeing everything with the Bible. But are they rebuking spirit perfection? Is God doing it through them? There's a whole big difference than saying, "Hey, man, you done this minister." And people do that. I'm like, so what? But what stirs up the spirit of God? But eventually, I'm sure that those things become a lifestyle later because their doctrine gets off. That's what they end up doing. So it all comes in a whole package. But you say, they're not preaching the gospel, and you're not allowed to do that anymore. My God, where are we going to go from there? If someone's preaching another cross, or not the cross, or another gospel, and you're not allowed to point out what they're preaching, point out what I'm preaching. Because you better back it with the word. And we're backing it with the word. What's the problem? There shouldn't be one unless they're actually looking at flesh. And well, we're all. It's not about making a mistake. It's about what spirit we're being led by on a daily basis. So if we're being indoctrinated by a spirit of Jezebel, then 
that's got to be exposed. If we're being, if, if someone's teaching and preaching by a spirit of Balaam, it has to be exposed. If somebody's uh, drawing people to be in the works of the Nicolaitans, then it has to be exposed. You're, those that are spiritual judge all things by the spirit. You're not saying, yeah, but that, yeah. But the church today is like, we don't care about the doctrine. We're all not perfect. That's Satan's deception right now. The doctrine is the most important thing that we have because it's Christ. So what they're portraying is another Christ. What people start to betray is another gospel. That's big. That's a whole different story. So we're pointing out the error in the teaching and praying that that those that are led in error repent and find their error ways, but we don't judge them to condemnation. We are alerting them. Then people would come and say, well, are you perfect? No, but my doctrine is sound. So are you judging my flesh or are you judging me in spirit? Because we're not judging those people in flesh. Because we says judge no man by the flesh. That's God's job. That's God's job to micromanage or go exploit someone's, uh, uh, somebody's um, fleshly uh, um, weaknesses or whatever. God will expose them if they get it out of control. Believe me, people get exposed all the time. God will expose that guy in some if they don't want to stop it. They'll die of can- cancer, this or that. If they want to go have uh, make uh, homos- uh, sex with other men and they're they're preaching the pulpit, believe me, or they or they start prophesying and because they're they're being taken out by God all the time. God deals with that, and God will never tell you to point them out. And He says, "Be careful, because that's called gossip." But you can't gossip. Them. Gossip is in the flesh. Because you hear something from somebody's flesh, you don't know if it's true. When you're hearing something right from that person, from doctrine and teaching, and you have the word, you're judging that by the Spirit. So you're just, you're not judging the person, you're judging the, what has been brought forth from that, from that, from that. Do you understand the difference? So, you're not even, you're saying, this is the Spirit of this. Now, somebody has is having, uh, say, marital problems. All of everyone, no one would ever try to judge another man's marriage. Okay, but why, when you're perfect in one area and he slips up in a different area, then you're you're so prone to judge somebody in the flesh. That's what he's talking about. No, we're just exposing. If you want doctrine of Israel, you got this. It's not judging anybody's character. It's judging the what they're bringing to the body. And if you want to sit behind a pulpit or a table or whatever, God, and you want to feed the sheep, you have to be ready to be um, every every word that proceeds out of your mouth. Have to, you have to be ready to have it um, checked by the word of God. And if not, then you're just a cult. Everything I preach and teach, you see it in the Word of God. So I don't care if anyone says nothing, I know it's a lie. Now, if if you end up get, getting off, then everyone's like, that, that's, you grab people and say, hey, what's going on now? Then you know, because people would start saying something. Not about you, about, so how come nobody says any ever about what? Preaching. Haven't heard one. Ever. It's always about, who does he, oh, he's got pride. Or he's got this. Why? Because the doctrine. They have no right to say any of that. And even if I someone does have pride, let God deal with them. Because we're not talking about pride. We're when you're talking about doctrine, you see what I mean? The difference, and it's like, oh, I don't. Know, what, what's wrong? Well, most people, so because people would ask, well, it's just first of all, people don't want the real word, so they're gonna persecute and they're gonna find the word they want. So if nobody, everybody um, has a choice. So if you want Israel doctrine, God will let you have it. But woe to anyone if a if a prophet can't expose 
doctrines of devils. Paul sure did, and he did it privately more than writing those things. But he said in the last days that seducing spirits will creep in the, in the church and will bring doctrines of devils. Well, baby Christians don't know what those doctrines are, but fivefold ministries do. The problem is, a lot of fivefold ministries do know all these other ones are bad, but they won't even open their mouth because they're cowards. Why? Because most of them are relying on the flesh. Most of them are are, are one of man please and are all are, have hidden agendas, so they're not really messengers of God. They're messengers of their own belly. Paul wasn't like that at all. He didn't care. He says, "You know what? I'm an, I'm a, I'm a living epistle. I live what I, I I live what I preach." In other words, he's saying, "I'm not perfect." He said all the time. He wasn't saying I'm perfect in flesh, but in the spirit. And when I talk about Jesus, it's sound doctrine. That's what God's concerned about being behind us. And let God is working in us all. And he's shaking everything that can be shaken. So people will come and say, because that's how they judge not. That's the first person a religious spirit will say. Judge not, lest you be judged. No, he's saying you judge somebody's adulterous fair, and you look at a woman and lust already in your heart, you're judging. You better shut up because that's not your job. But you get that? Because we all are not perfect. So they take something that someone's to kind of do to point things out. So all of us are supposed to point out the right way and the cross in Christ. And that's what we're supposed to do. If not, then Satan can masquerade and deceive more people. So woe are those that get in the way of exposing right doctrine. Because the doctrine is power and it's the spirit of God behind it. And it says anyone preach any other gospel, let him be cursed. They're already going to be a curse on their own accord. You don't have to them. Let them be. Let them be. But I. But if you're listening to me, and I know something, I, it's, it's my rightful duty as a father in the faith, as a leader, to say, that's wrong. Now, how come those ministers aren't saying, well, they're wrong? How come there's not people making videos about all the people preaching the real word of God? They're just saying, well, be careful. Then. Why? And why do so many people have all these videos about them? Because they found all these wrong things about it. And it stirred them so much that they're willing to make videos about people. I would never do that. That's not my job. But it's mostly about the doctrine. But if you can go to a wrong doctrine, you'll end up to find the door where the devil came in. You want a false love doctrine? You'll find out the door if you go down the line to where when the, when, when the door was open. New Age, um, false love, all these different things, you know, the universals. Now we have homosexual doctrine. They're all different doctrines. It's when you take this word and you twist it. Satan is a perverter. He perverts the word. He perverted it to Adam and Eve, Eve in the garden. He perverts God's order with man should be the woman and not man and man. He perverts the order in the church. And he twists the word and gets... It's twisted in our mind to where we can't even understand. That's what he does. He twists. He's a pervert. He's the pervert. And people become perverts when they allow him to take over him. But he's actually a pervert and because he's perverted. And God has a way that he created creation. And he created it to be in order. But because of sin, we have perversion on the earth. And God is takes us out of the world and takes the perversion out of us and makes us sound. So by God, you're going to get ticked off when Satan tries to comes and bring perversion into your family, into your ministry, into church, or to people. It's going to, should tick you off. But most crews say, oh, we all, we, oh, we all start somewhere. No, it's not start, it's a different gospel. We all start at the cross and, and go from there. And it's all freedom after that, unless you want to go back under the law. Acts 26, and I'm going to close. Then King Agrippa said unto Paul, Thou art permitted to speak for thyself. Paul stretched forth his hand and answered for himself. I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself. This day before thee, touching all 
the things wherefore I am accused of the Jews, especially because I know thee to be expert in all customs and questions among the Jews. Wherefore I beseech thee to hear me patiently my manner of life from my youth, which was at the first among mine own nation and of Jerusalem. Know all the Jews. Everybody knows me about me and what I do. Which knew me from the beginning. If they would testify, let after the most straightest sect of our religion, I live the Pharisee. Now he's explaining, because they're like, they're coming with this whole new doctrine, and they're like, Paul's like, hey, wait, wait, wait. I used to think like that, but I can't anymore, because, and I now stand, and I am a judge, hope of the, so I stand here with sound doctrine, and the power to back it? He's like, I'm just coming to you with another doctrine. I was the one that killed the Christians, uh, put out the laws, went and done this thing, and did all this stuff, and now I'm sitting here, not because I'm trying to deceive people, I'm trying to set Unto which promise our twelve tribes instantly serving God day and night hope to come. So it's like he's taken from this king, and he's like, these people are all coming against me, but hey, I was with them once, but I met the power of God. And this thing incredible unto you that you should raise the dead. I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Which thing I also did in Jerusalem. I was saying, I was just like them. I mean, God will use someone just like someone to tell someone, hey, that was, I, I know, I used to, just like last week, I used to believe in the preacher rapture, but then I ran into Jesus and the Word, and He showed me. Now, how am I not supposed to be passionate about something that I was once deceived in? Because why do you know, mostly when Satan deceives you something, that's the one thing when you find out it's wrong, you are um, unstopped. That's something that just gets in you. Ask some people in here about some of the doctrines that they were stuck in. I get people in here stuck in all kinds of different doctrines coming out. They're, that's, they're, they're mad about that because they know it had them. And it's like, okay, we're not so concerned about that doctrine, whatever, because they don't really understand. Paul understood, so he had a he had an understanding of how, how they're thinking. But it's like you gotta just lose that understanding. You gotta think like, because what's the difference? I have the power. I don't care how much word you have. You got the power because if it's the word of God, it'll have power. Which thing I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priest, and then they were put to death. See, Paul. Never. He forgot those things. What? He had, He brought them up. His testimony. When he said, I'm forgetting those things, he meant, I don't let them hold them. I don't let them take my mind. I don't let them make me feel condemned about what I didn't. That's not my testimony. Because I don't let that trip me up about who I am now because I'm a new creation. I did that in the old man under deception. But God gave me a new heart. So now I'm a new creation. So yeah, I use those things. But I forget them in a sense of I don't let them take hold of me. I don't have a mindset. I don't meditate on things behind. I, I press forth for the things that are coming ahead. I med on things, meditate on things above. So he said, thought this thing very incredible that I should raise the dead and I'd be punished. He said often, he said, look at this. He said, which I also did in Jerusalem. Many of the saints, I shut up in prison, received authority from the chief priest. And, and when they were put to death, I gave a voice against them. And not only when they were put to death, he made judgment. And I punished them off in every single. So he even whipped Christian, beat Christian. Imagine what he was carrying. How can you have do a ministry and carry in the past? you got to let it go. There's impossible to fulfill your ministry when you carry yesterday with you. 
I punished them often in the synagogues and compelled them and blasphemy, being exceedingly mad against I persecuted them, even in the cities that I wasn't even, he said strange, even in cities that I wasn't even told to go. He was, he over, he did it over and above, man. He went after it, man. He became a lunatic, a maniac, a murdering in the name of thinking he's doing right. How many people you think are teaching and preaching gospels, they think it's right? All of these people were thinking right. Paul's like, no, it's not right. And you know what? I know that because I thought the same way. You need the mind of Christ. You need an encounter. You need the power of God to be set free from your doctrine. It's not going to come by me trying to argue with you with Scripture. You need to humble yourself and repent. That's what he's telling all them. You need to repent just like I repented. Well, I had a lot more help to repent. God just knocked my butt off my high horse. So the last thing we want to do is him to knock us off. Let us fall off the horse. Wherefore I went to Damascus with the forwarded commission of the high chief priest. At midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. And when we all fallen on the earth, I heard a voice speaking from saying in a Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why you persecute me? Isn't it hard for you to kick against the pricks? Like he's saying, you say you're for me. But you're against me. Remember we preached on that two ago? Either you're, Paul, you want to be with me? I'm going to show you all the things you're going to have to go through. And he knocked him. And arose and stand, stand your feet, and pass the appearance from him in purpose to make thee a minister and a witness for these things which thou hast seen, and those things which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles, unto whom now I send thee. So now I say, now I'm sending you to the Gentiles. To open their eyes. And turn them from darkness to light. So remember that. To open their eyes. So if there's the go- doctrines and gospels that are closing people's eyes, blind leading the blind to a ditch. He's talking about the New Testament. I'm talking about the Jewish people. Talking about in the now. In that time he was. But it's like when you teach a, a wrong way, you become blind. Jesus is the only way. Only way. Only way. He said the power of Satan unto God, that you may receive forgiveness of sin in an inheritance among them, which are sanctified, not by your works, sanctified by faith that is in me, Christ in us. Faith in Christ. Whereunto, King Agrippa, I was not. Everybody say, I was not. That wasn't everybody. I was not. Disobedient to the heavenly vision, but showed first unto them in Damascus. What was the heavenly vision? To open their eyes. So you had people persecuting other Christians for opening their eyes. Right now, earlier, we're opening our eyes to things that we're stepping in crap in, right? We realize we don't have to smell for the next week. We can go right to right to the cross and, and, and be a sweet savor to him in an instant. That is the glorious grace of God. It's not a grace of God that I have a free ticket to do what I want when I want, go where I want and say what I want and be what I want. It's a free ticket that I don't have to live under condemnation longer <clears throat> than I want. Period. You can choose to. I know Christians all the time living that, but we gotta know that we need to forgive ourselves for it. And he will forgive us. Paul had to do it all the time. Imagine that over here. I mean, none of us in here, maybe not, maybe, murdered anybody. If you did, you're doing well. Because you haven't talked about it. But we've done lots of things. Some people more than others. Doesn't matter, right? But if you live remembering that, and a lot of us can't get by without remembering last week or yesterday, then you haven't really learned the power of the cross. Because once you learn the power of the cross, you're unstoppable. Yeah. You you don't have to have a bad day. Even in a storm, you will have freedom and victory. You'll have peace. And even because... The minute he says a righteous man falls seven times, none of us are, but a righteous is us in Christ. Seven is the number. Means we're all going to fall. We're all going to fall. We're all going to fall. I got news for you. Now, do you make it a habit of falling? Then 
God will deal with you. But a fall, diverse temptations, you have the cross. And there's no way the cross is in front of you to keep looking back. There's no power in looking back. There's no power in your path. There's power in Christ. What is what does he say? Christ is not behind you. The kingdom of God is in front of you. He said, put your hand to the plow. He didn't say, and walk backwards. He said, the plows go go forth and put the oxen, they don't go back. They don't walk backwards. They tread forth. He said, the mark is in front of you. Unless you got special glasses like this and you backwards and you got a mark behind us. When they're saying the mark is the mark is Jesus. He's so we we're we're going protection. But if we mess up, we go to the blood and make so we, we start to really hit the mark. We stop uh, letting let uh, letting the, the dung out. A lot of us are constipated. Let it go. Where do you let it go? At the cross, right? Give past cares upon him. We're talking about dung today. It's in the Bible. Dung is right. So let's 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 stick. We all looking at me like I sinned. Or I got to go to the forgiving Lord. No, I got it, got it. But you know, when when he talks about things, you got to think. You got to let it go. And then, okay, we want to get real and flush the toilet. Don't go back ten years later. That's just. Do you want to go to the toilet? I mean, some people used to go to that toilet all night long when you drink and you're throwing up. And the last thing you want to do is you're like, well, how come you can go to the the throne of grace in time of drunkness and say, God, if you just make me feel better, I won't ever do it again. Right? And then throw up. Right? That's where, you know, when you were back in the old world and, you know, you weren't really wanting to follow Christ. Well, God wants you to do that, but know that you really have power when you do that. To the throne of grace, not the toilet bowl. In time of, when when do you need it? When you step in. Yeah, yeah. And when you want it. Amen. So, today... God is offering us spiritual laxity for those that are constipated with yesterday. <laughs> and it's called, right? Spiritual laxative. It's got to go. You can't hold on to crap, man. You got to let it go. Crap hurts and crap stinks. And if crap is in there too long, you got to go see the doctor. And that's when you got to go to spiritual counseling. And da, 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 da. You, you don't need no counseling at the cross. No, no, no. Dump it. Coast of Jews, for this cause the Jews caught me in the temple and wanted to kill me. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continued unto the day, witnessing both small and great, saying none other thing to those things of the prophet Moses should come and say come. That Christ should suffer, and that he should be first, that he should rise from the dead, and show the light unto the people and the Gentiles. Everybody stand up. If you're able, unless you're constipated, crawl to the altar right now. God, full of it. I don't want to. I was like, where's Joe? Anyway, um, maybe we should change this message and still. Um, count it all done is um, spiritual constipation. Yeah, 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 good. Let's vote. We'll let a, you guys name the message. Spiritual constipation? Or, or count it all done? Count it all done. We've already got one called done something. Okay. I, I like it, though. I thought it was good. Spiritual. I like it. Spiritual accident. Amen. All right, we'll edit that. No, we won't. We'll keep. No, we'll edit that. So, Father, we thank you that we're letting go of things behind. We're letting go of people that hurt us. Yes. We're letting go of offenses that yes. have come. We're letting go of regret. We're letting go 
of things that we were looking forward to. We're letting go yeah. of people that ticked us off the flesh. Yeah. And we're going to the cross. Yeah. We're letting go of all those things. Yes, yeah. yes. Because once you speak it out, it's already the past. Once a second goes by, it's it's behind you. We live in the kingdom of God is before us. Our past behind us. Yeah, yeah. And a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, always becoming spiritually constant. And we need to be light, to be free, not to be holding on to anything that God... We need to be like that... Somebody gave me a little lesson about rats. And rats poop right when they eat. They don't have a digestive system. It's in and out. We need to be, if it comes in, let it out at the cross. If it gets in, let it out of the cross. That we don't have to go through a whole process of deliverance. A whole process of, it can come right out by just throwing it up. Immediately. Everybody say immediately. Immediately. Because of Jesus. I no longer have to suffer. I no longer have to live in condemnation. I no longer have to listen to the to the devil. To Satan. To lies. I no longer have to live in condemnation. Because I'm walking. Because I'm walking in the spirit. In the spirit, I'm walking. I'm walking without without anything. Anything in me. In me. That's not of Christ. That's not of Christ. But the glory of God. But the glory of God that rests. That rests and re- re- in me. In me. Father, Father, it is you. It is you. It's your oil. It's your oil. Taking over. Taking over. Let your holy oil. Let your holy oil. Push out. It's the Holy Spirit's oil. The Holy Spirit's oil. Which is the laxative. Which is the laxative. That cleanses us. Cleanses us. Of all unrighteousness. Of all unrighteousness. That relieves us. That relieves us. Of everything. everything. That was not meant to be with us. That was not meant to be with us. We thank you. We thank you. That we are free. We are free. And we feel free. And we feel free. Woo! And we are free. And we are free. By faith. By faith. And Jesus. And Jesus. And not by works. Yes. We're free by faith in what he did. And in that, we choose to mortify the deeds of the flesh immediately. Whenever they come up, we will not make provision for our flesh. We will not make provision for our weaknesses. We will not make provision for anything that Jesus nailed to the cross. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.